What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. UFC Las Vegas at the Virgin Hotel was a great success. Murab Devalish really goes out there and not only wins, he dominates. He dominates. Absolutely dominates Piotr Jan pretty much from the first second of the fight to the last second of the fight. I mean, talk about pressure, talk about pace. Um, we couldn't be happier for the guy. And you know what? For me, it's not really a surprise. Like, yeah, I still get nervous on fight day for other people. Um, the same way I get nervous for myself. But for him, I told him, I was like, dude, if you do what you do in the room, I am guarantee you there is nobody stopping what you do. Um, it's just an insane pace, man. Like, no one fights like that, you know? Um, and people can say whatever they want. I mean, there's some nonsense that people were saying that uh, you should get points rewarded for stopping takedowns. Well, the reward is not getting taken down because if you got taken down, you would get ruined down there and exhausted. So the reward is you stop the takedown. Why would you get points for a defensive tactic? That's like saying you should get points in a basketball game for having good defense and they didn't score. Like, yeah, you didn't score, but what happened in the, uh, what happened in the transition during that period of you not scoring, you know? So what happened in that transition period of you not getting taken down? You didn't, you got energy exerted. You didn't get to use your offensive attack. And that's the purpose of shooting. And even if you don't get the takedown, it's you fighting the pace and on the terms of your opponent. So Piotrion had to fight on the terms of the machine. There was no other way that he was having it. And I told him, I was like, dude, you keep that pace, which we all know you can, because you've done it. You've done it to me. You've done it in the room. It's going to be great success. And that's exactly what happened. So shout out to Marab, um, all his Georgian friends and family that came out to support him, his sponsors, uh, GIA. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it, Gaia, GIA, uh, whatever. Trucking company. Um, much love to those guys, man. They came out, supported in packs, man. I think there was like 70 people or such, something like that, that just flew over um, just to come watch Marab take on someone that has a lot of political history with their country, Russia. Not saying Piotr Jan plays anything with the politics side of things, but for their country, this meant a lot to them. From the days of the Soviet Union to where they are now, them bordering Russia, there's a lot that was riding on this fight. And of course, I'm sure Piotr Jan was probably feeling the pressure of that too from people over there egging him on and wanting him and expecting him to win. And Marab was definitely getting the same thing because we've seen it firsthand. Like people were coming up to him and pretty much telling him how much this fight means for them and their country, which puts a lot of pressure on you. And we just made sure we did our best to keep him grounded and reminding him like, hey, man, this, this is important, yes, but the most important thing is to win. Yeah, you want to put on an exclamation point, the finishing touches on the fight. Always. We always want to do that. But you got to remember, the main objective here is to win. And that's what he went out there and did. And we just made sure we remind him, like, don't get emotional. Let Jan fight emotional. And I'm telling you, he's going to make a mistake. And when he makes a mistake, every single time, you're going to make him pay for it. And that's what he did. So shout out Marab Duvalsville. I want to make sure he gets his flowers while he's still here. And, of course, I got the opportunity in a, in a, in a small enough platform where um, I could, 
you know, give him his recognition and, you know, people get to see it. I got friends and family that watch him solely based off the strength of our relationship. You know what I mean? So that's like the bond, you know. Um, a lot of people know Marab. They see him in the gym. Uh, they see him come to the house and everything, helping me, helping my family. And it's just a big deal. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they aren't right now in the country of Georgia creating a statue, a huge monument of Marab out there with the papaka on his head, with the Georgian flag in his hand. Uh, I would not by any means think that's uh, out of the realm of a possibility. I think... That performance was so good and so dominant for him that <laughs> if Marab was, he's the type of guy to run for president and no one else in his country will dare to put their name in the, the casting ballot to run for president against him because they just know Marab's the guy to do it. He is the guy, you know, so uh, shout out to him and everyone else that came out there. Um, that was, that was, um, that was a lot, man. Like, I've had a bunch of people come out for fights, but this was like, it's different, you know? It's, um, the thing about other countries and even the Georgian people that I love is that they're very supportive of their own. No matter where they are in the world, they tune in, they support, they follow, um, they show love. Where in this country, yes, I'm a born American from two immigrant parents from the country of Jamaica, born and raised in Jamaica, my parents and my grandparents as well. Um, but I don't feel, sometimes I don't feel the love the way that these guys feel the love. And I don't want that to sound weird, but it's the, it's the truth. This is what I'm feeling. When I go out and, um, uh, what would you say? Like, just being in the States. I'm here all the time. Like, we just have so much going on, especially in New York. Uh, we got basketball. We got the Knicks, even though they're almost, you know, the Knicks are the Knicks. We always just expect big things at MSG, and we never really have a big year. Hopefully this year is the year. Um, I'm a big supporter of the Knicks and the Nets. Any t anything New York, I just support New York. You know, so I would just think people in the States, if you fly the flag, you should automatically, just by default, support. I'm not saying don't support your other favorite fighter, yes. But if it's an American, I just feel like you should get behind the American. Because one minute, it's like, oh, you don't, you, you say you're from this country, we gave you all these opportunities, and you don't carry the flag, and it's just like... Well, you can't have it both ways. You can't be mad when the people who give you love, not saying me per se, just anyone who gives you love from another country and you support them and you have a bloodline history with them and get mad because you fly that flag when you identify as such and then the people of the country that you live in don't really give two craps about you, you know? Um, like even my whole series with Jan, I even had a bunch of Americans turning their back on me that would messaged me before all this nonsense happened, how they were big fans, I was their favorite fighter, that situation happened, and then they had the balls to message me to say I'm no longer their favorite fighter and they hope I lose and they hope I get knocked out and get taken out on a stretcher or they hope I die. And I'm just scratching my head. I'm just like, um, one minute you're a fan, the next minute you're not because something you weren't, happy about did i disrespect your parents did i disrespect your like your did i did something to your girlfriend or what like what is it like what is it that i did to you that can make you so upset that now you went from this to that you know what i mean so i love the people of georgia and just other countries like you got the irish i know there's some people that don't like connor that's just always going to happen there's going to be some people who aren't the fondest of you but for the most part do these people from these small or 
other countries in general, they get so much love. And I liked seeing that because you should be proud of where you're from, man. You, you really should. Like, I'm a proud American. And I'm also proud that my parents came from Jamaica and gave me this opportunity by coming here that now I can go and share my story with multiple people, how we've come from nothing. And look what I did, man. Like, I'm a regular person like everybody else. And if I could do this, man, anybody else could do this if you put in the work and you truly believe, you know? So that's what it's all about. So again, shout out to Marab. Super happy for him, man. And uh, I know a lot of people are making a lot of noise about us fighting each other again. And it's just like, please, just, just stop the noise, man. Um, I want to take a quick second to say shout out to Ron Nicoli, uh, Fuhu and Zook. Ron's the big boss dog over there. He definitely held it down for us, um, took care of us. It just great hospitality. Living here in Vegas has been really nice. The hospitality has been, um, I want to say, it's it's been top notch. It's been it's been unreal, you know. So to have this courtesy and have the love out here has been uh, a blessing, so to speak. And uh, I always say this, like, I do wonder, like, if I stop fighting tomorrow, will this all stop? You know, but it's nice. I'm going to enjoy it, smell the roses while I can. And this is what life is all about. You work hard, you play hard, you enjoy the moment. And you only have one life to live, so enjoy it. And that's what I'm trying to do. So thank you, Ron. Thank you, everybody there. Um, Donovan, all you guys for hooking us up and taking care of the team. Rob didn't go out. I'm still on my no drinking cleanse right now, just having the stem cells from BioAccelerator. I want to give the stem cells as much time to do their thing and help out in my body to help heal all the injuries and stuff like that. Um, still, like, I still feel some stuff here and there. You know, I'm not going to be a straight up um, poster boy, you know, but I'm, I'm feeling better where I'm actually training. I did eight rounds today of jujitsu. My cardio isn't all the way there, but I did eight rounds. That's something. So I'm just looking forward to seeing where I'm going to be. And now less than we are seven weeks and six days away from the fight. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to where I'm going to be on fight night. And I, I can't wait, man. I'm super excited about this. And speaking of that, we might as well parlay this into Henry's stupid mouth breather comment. Talking about he wants Marab as a backup for UFC Newark and he'll fight us both in the same night. And I'm just like, this dude just, he just constantly talks. Like, I literally had Mexicans coming up to me telling me they hope I smash him. I was like, yeah, we're Mexican, but I hope you smash this guy. And guys, trust me, there is nothing more than I would love to do than smash this triple turd so um i'm hoping i know it's a fist fight anything can happen but i'm 100 percent believing once again that i'm gonna get it done i'm gonna get my hand raised and uh you guys are gonna see another marab like performance out of me against henry so he can say whatever he wants i watched his video of his reaction you know he bet on jan to win because he said yeah because your boys with sterling and you know, I'm going to go with Jan. I'm just like, so you're you're going to pick someone. And, like, imagine if you were betting money. You're going to pick someone because you think you just you just think they're going to win because you don't like their friend and their training partner. That's the dumbest thing ever. You know, so if you're going to be an analyst, do it the right way and don't be a, a – don't be a – I don't even know what to call it. Like, like keep it a buck, my boy. You know what I mean? Like, keep it, keep it a buck. And that's what I do when I do my breakdowns. I give real – unbiased analysis. Yeah, there are going to be some bias. I'm talking about my teammate, but I see them in their best light. So I see their best forms of themselves. And when the fights happen, I can only break down what I've seen from performance to performance 
against each other, and I kind of analyze it that way. So, of course, with my friends and teammates, I'm going to be a little bit more biased on their side, but I will always give my friends and teammates what I think their opponent's best ways of winning based on what I see and vice versa so that we know how to game plan properly. So that's a real analyst, not this nonsense I'm picking someone because I don't like. Like, shut up, dude. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think he might be more afraid. I think he thinks I'm a better matchup for him than Sean O'Malley. It's almost like he just wants to fight O'Malley because he thinks that's a, a easier um, – uh, that's a tougher matchup. Not that he wants to fight Sean. He would rather fight me because he thinks it's an easier matchup because of the wrestling. He thinks his wrestling is going to be so much more superior to me, which I don't really understand. Um, it, it is what it is. We're going to find out in a couple weeks, right, guys? And that's pretty much what it comes down to. Someone's going to be really right and someone's going to be really wrong. And we've seen the story multiple times. First, TJ Dillashaw disrespected me, talking about I could sit here on this beach in Hawaii and drink these Mai Tais and he could get ready for a fight against me over there. And then all of a sudden, it was excuses about his shoulder. God bless his soul. Um, he's somewhere in the Neptunes, still recovering. And now we had Jan doing the same thing, running his mouth, talking all this crap with him and his, his goon squad that he sicked out on me to go terrorize myself and anyone that I tagged in the picture, my family included, and saying all kinds of racist things. So um, I don't feel sorry for guys like that. Like, not at all. Like, you get, you reap what you sow. You know what I mean? So, if you want to talk shit, talk shit. If you want to be funny, be funny. But when you start bringing in the other stuff, it, it makes it a little bit more personal. And uh, with Henry, it's not that it's personal. This is more of, of a personal um, want for myself that I want this so bad to shut this guy up so that he can take this stupid gold medal that he constantly talks about and I'm going to bend it and shove it up his ass. That's pretty much what it's going to come down to. So I can't wait to do that on May 6th, and I hope you guys tune in because it is going to be a great fight. I can promise you that. You guys think uh, Henry's going to stop my wrestling? We'll see. We will see. Let's see how how much that gold medal from 2001 or 1999 actually holds up to someone who's constantly wrestling. Like Maybe my math is a little bit wrong on that, but I don't give a shit. It's, uh, it is what it is. I can't wait for this opportunity, and... Um, I, again, I think he's afraid of having O'Malley as a backup for whatever reason. Because, like, you talk about that and then you talk about, like, I don't get the, the thought process behind that. And that's why I'm saying, like, it's a stupid comment and it is what it is. Like, he just says stupid stuff and I really just think he likes to hear himself talk. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about, though, Davy Grant versus Rafael Sunsau. Of course, we know Rafael Sunsau retired now. Um... Wait, before we get to Davey, a couple more things I want to say. Marab, um, man, if you watch the way he sets up these takedowns, it, it, there there is literally a pick your poison. And Marab and I always talk about this. We say, like, he knows my style is more. I take you down. I keep you there. He knows his style. I'm going to take you down m multiple times and get you exhausted. And then eventually the striker is now looking like he's never had a striking class a day in his life. You know what I mean? Because it's just that type of weathering that he brings in the in the fights. And uh, I think people's best chances is to hope to hope to God that they get Marab in a three-round fight because five rounds, as you can see, is not a good fight. You know, three rounds, you can maybe hope for a good third, but that threshold is going to severely drop off in rounds four and five. So good luck to you guys dealing with that man. Um because the guy's an animal for a reason. But if there's anyone who wants to learn 
the setups that he's doing, I'm, I would suggest to watch a lot of film on him and just study how he's doing it so you can see the tempos, you can see the offbeat rhythms, and um, it's more of a feel thing that I would say, uh, at least I can speak for myself, where with Marab, there's no rhyme or reason to where he's going. Like, there's not like a pattern, you know? There's more of a, it's to me, watching from the outside and feeling it when we actually spar, it's more of a feel when he thinks the takedown is there, he's going to go. And the thing about that is you just never know when he's actually going to go. Everything is very unorthodox. It's not a traditional, I'm going to hit a jab and then I'm going to shoot in. It's not super pretty and super clean like that. It's I'm going to get this leg, I'm going to bite on it like a freaking pit bull on a bone, and I'm going to yank this leg out until I can rip you down to the ground. And that's just what he does. Um, so, again, congrats to Marab. Huge win. We are all super proud of you, my brother. And I look forward to seeing what's going to be next for you. And hopefully we can make this trip out to San Antonio to watch Cheeto Vera versus uh, Corey Sanhagen. Looking forward to that. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, Davy Grant, insane comeback. Now, this is what's weird for me about that. The ref stops the position. And, mind you, this might be the rules. But the way I look at it as, a Sunset is winning the fight. Comfortably, because Davy Grant lost a point for grabbing the cage. Now, he gets dropped in the third round. He's now trying to recover, keep himself intuitive, keep himself in the fight. He can't really stand, can't really afford to stand there and trade. So he opts not to. He he initiates the grappling exchanges, smart, ties up Davy Grant. Uh, he gets him down to like his butt against the cage. And what's fascinating about this sequence is he grabs the cage, he loses the point, but Keith, Keith Peterson, one of the best guys, restarts the position from the feet, and he goes, because he was on top, but Keith is a wrestler, his son wrestles, we're both from Uniondale, New York, grew up there, he no longer lives there, and I just thought that Keith, knowing what a top and bottom position is, that position wasn't really... Davy Grant on top. Maybe for a fight, it might look like he's on top, but where where Rafael Sunset was underneath him, looking to finish the takedown, lift the ankle, hike it up, and eventually climb to a higher position where he could be on the top control. Um, instead of a 50-50 kind of a scramble dogfight position, he restarted the action on the feet, separated them, where this is the problem for me. If I'm hurt, I want to close the distance. Kind of like what um, who is it? Uh, Pio, uh, Sean O'Malley did when Jan, so O'Malley cracked Jan, and then Jan cracked O'Malley, and O'Malley held on to Piotr's um, Piotr's arm for dear life, was able to tie him up and slow him down to like breathe and stay in the fight. You know what I mean? So then, if a Sunsau is doing the same exact thing, you would think that you stand him up, you now put him in a more risky situation because now. These bungalows are flying at your head, dog. And you got to duck weave, especially when your wherewithal is not there. So that's a crappier position to be in versus being underneath them. And the worst that's going to happen with a minute left is you're going to punch me to my body as I'm trying to take you down. Who cares? I'll eat that all day long to know that I'm going home a winner and retiring on a high note. You see what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't necessarily think Keith makes a ton of mistakes, but I would say this one. He should have put them back in that same position where Rafael Sunset was working towards a takedown and could have possibly gotten a takedown 
against a guy who's not known for his takedowns, defense, and Davy Grant. Davy Grant gets the space on the feet. He creates the chaos, which he always does. He just throws these awkward punches, these hooks from these weird angles. And he throws a lot of spinning attacks. And he throws a lot of front kicks. Davy Grant, I rate him super high because he, even for a much older guy, he's still in there banging, chopping it up with the with the best of them. And uh, he's very dangerous. So dangerous Davy Grant is the proper nickname for a guy like that. He fakes and it almost looks like he shows, but you would think that a Sun Sal, I think even with the Cody Garbrandt, um, Cody Garbrandt fight where he got caught off guard, where he was like, hey, look over there, um, a unicorn. And then he goes, huh? And then Cody drops down, grabs his socks, laces up his shoes, and then proceeds to sock him, drops him, puts his lights out, and then <laughs> he gets hit with a spinning back fist. Unorthodox attacks. Now, if you look at Rafael Sun Sal's history, it's very hard to get a clean strike on this guy. Very, very hard. Just watch his resume. He is one of the highest of the highest fighters that I've ever fought and studied because it's very hard to get a clean strike on him on the head. You can get the clean strikes to the legs or the body, and that's okay. Like I said, I would rather take those shots to the body than being on the feet while I'm dazed and rocked. So for a Sun Sal to be back in that position, he's in the only vulnerable state where he could potentially have the fight finish, and the fight gets finished. Davy Grant steps through, spinning back fist, claps him, now he shoots in again. They're on the ground. He's trying to create a scramble. He ends up in an inverted triangle a la Toby Yamada versus Jorge Masvidal. Guys, go look that up if you've never seen that. It was one of the most incredible finishes from Bellator when they first first were coming off the ground. Um, very unfortunate for me to see um, Jorge Masvidal like that, but it's a tough position to be in when you're inverted like that because it's really hard to reach back and catch that, that leg that's got you in this triangle. Your arms just don't bend that way. And your right, your other arm is not long enough to go back and reach to grab the heel and peel that off. So nasty rally back for Davy Grant. Um, sick finish. Nasty triangle. Like that was an A-plus triangle choke. Uh, the only thing that sucks is I just feel for a Sun Style. And these guys are both good guys. I've trained with both. Really nice guys. I fought Rafael Sun Style, obviously. I lost a split decision. Even though I still kind of think I won. But um, that's not the point. Uh, it, it's just one of those things you just kind of feel gutted for the man because it's like he, he kind of had that locked up. I mean, you lose the point. He won the first round. The second round was kind of close, but uh, losing that point in that third round pretty much guaranteed that a Sun Tzu was on his way cruising to a unanimous decision victory, which is his typical style of fighting. Um, relatively safe. Uh, does just enough to win, and that's why he has a lot of split decisions in his career. And unfortunately, it gets... Um, Kind of ripped from underneath him, but it's not David Grant's fault. He didn't stand the fight up. The ref did, and he capitalized on the situation that was given to him. It's it's the right thing to do, you know? So congrats to David Grant. He took advantage of a of a odd, un, um, not very a rare situation and capitalized on it and put on a highlight reel um, finish, you know? So congrats to David. The next guy I want to talk about is Victor Henry, man. The Bantamweights were just on full display. Jonathan Martinez get, edging out a win over Sayino Magomedov. Didn't know which way that fight was going to go either. But before we get there, Victor Henry is kind of like the Marab, but with striking. He overwhelms you. He throws these front kicks and these stupid little teeps, but they're not stupid. And they're not little. They look little and they look stupid, but they hurt. They're annoying. They zap your gas tank. 
and they're constantly making you have to readjust and, and kind of guess when you want to engage because now you have to tighten up the core, not knowing something's going to snag you in the stomach out of nowhere. Um, the ball of your feet just going, ooh, ooh. just imagine if you're like sipping your drink, you're at a nice place in a restaurant and someone comes by and they just go, cracks you right in the stomach. And it's not like a punch, but it's just a hard tap, like a quick little chop. That does not feel good and it's annoying. That was Victor Henry keeping the pressure and the pace on Tony Gravely. Gravely looked good in the first round, and Henry just started to come alive. Even though he got taken down a couple of times, he, he kept fighting, didn't hang out on bottom, let Gravely set up shop and hang out in those top positions. My thing with Gravely, I think he's focusing way too much on trying to be the striker because he got um, that one knockout over Anthony Burchak, and it's just like, dude, respectfully, you knocked out Anthony Burchak who has been slept most multiple times. And no disrespect to Anthony Burchard. I've trained with him too. Solid dude. Now that we hashed out all our differences and we're no longer going to potentially compete against each other, he's a solid dude. Like, actually talking to him man to man, he's a cool guy. Um, but the facts are facts. He's been knocked out multiple times. So you knock out a guy like that and gives you this false confidence of, yes, you got the power, dude. You do. But your striking don't look as clean as some of these other guys who are natural strikers. Like Victor Henry's snapping of his punches looked a lot sharper and cleaner and crisper as a natural, natural striker compared to Victor, um, compared to Tony Gravely, where it kind of looks more force. So it's like, you waste energy trying to be this striker guy. Why not invest in the grappling? Like, you fought Marab. You know what that pace feels like. You see what Marab is doing. You've seen the success he's having. Why not be more like that? Be the marauder. Be the guy who's going to go out there and put the pace on with the grappling, but you got to be able to keep that pace. I'm not saying Gravely can keep that pace, but that's a suggestion. It's like, Maybe you should tailor your style towards that. And then if the knockout comes after the guy is exhausted, voila, look at that. Thank me later. Um, that's just my personal advice and unbiased advice because I don't know you personally. And uh, uh, I like wrestlers, man. I like to see the wrestlers do well. So it's like, come on, um, use the wrestling to your advantage. Don't, for, don't forget what got you to the show, bro. Um, but shout out to Victor Henry. Kept the pace on and He just, he looked, he looked, beast man i would say the only thing that looks um a little lacking is the grappling defense aspect but he was able to get up every single time and create the scramble and if he guy get like that gets taken down early enough and he can get back up and put the pressure on you and make you work and you can't get him back down or you struggle to get him back down that's a nightmare that's a big problem with that guy walking you down and in your face constantly that's different man it's just like punches and kicks coming from all kinds of awkward angles. And you're like, where is this coming from? It's like uh, Chris Tucker in uh, Russia. When he gets kicked in the face, he's like, which one of you just hit me? You know, one of those. So um, shout out to Henry. Victor Henry, not that, not the, uh, not triple turd. Um, uh, one thing I want to say, shout out to the team, Long Island. Thank you guys uh, for always supporting me. And shout out to my teammates, man. Everyone back home. We got Damon Nelson coming up for... CES, he's going to fight over there. We got Steve Lee in two weeks, March 25th. Uh, shout out all the boys, 21 and the boys. Um, Anthony Delemi, the dilemma. Make sure you guys check out Mr. Anvil for hands. You know, the guy hits hard. Don't let him hit you. Otherwise, you're probably going to sleep, my guy. He's got some nasty knockouts already. Um, I believe 2-0 now or 3-0 as a pro. Either way, he's a stud. Definitely keep an eye out for Anthony Delemi at 145. The guy's a tank, bro. You want to see Yoel Romero compact to 145 pounds? Go look at Anthony Delemi. Thank me later. Um, who else we got coming up? Um, obviously, we got myself. I feel like I'm missing somebody, but I, I don't quite remember at this point. But either way, 
Um, we got a lot of guys coming up, and I just want to say congrats to the team, man. I, I love seeing the rise of everybody who just is making their way up. I mean, Armando just coming off a big win, um, TK on the third. We got Pombos. He got a big win in the fifth round. Got a finish via leg kicks. Guy kicks hard. Um, 135er also. Check him out. Uh, who else we got? I know there was somebody else I just won. Nas, Nasim. Obviously, guys, we're on a tear right now. Dylan, I think he's got a fight coming up April 1st. How can I forget Quiet Man? So a lot of big things coming up for Long Island MMA. And for me to be coming back home to Long Island to compete, guys, I'm so excited about this. Obviously, it's not on Long Island, but it's right over the bridge, about 20 minutes um, across the bridge from New York City. I'm super excited to go back to Newark, compete again. The last time I competed there was 2015 against Takeya Mizugaki at the Prudential Center. So I grew up fighting in New Jersey for the majority of my pro career. As an amateur, I traveled all over the place. I went to New Hampshire, drove there by myself, no cornerman. Um, had some random guy named Rocky corner me. He said he knew my coach at the time and asked me if I needed help. I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't got anybody. Um, and traveling to Pennsylvania. Like, I did a lot of crazy stuff because, you know, fighters back then, we were told fighters fight. And I just took the most random fights, short notice fights. I didn't care. I just wanted to compete, get experience, because I knew once I was done wrestling, I was going to go pro. And I knew what I wanted, and I was focused. And that's what people need to be when they're coming up. Like, yeah, your 20s are cool to kind of piss off, and your late teens are kind of cool to piss off. But if you really have something that you want to accomplish in life, you have to know what it is at an early age. And it doesn't mean it has to be right. But you have to focus on that and put your energy there while you can. See, for me, I use college as a way for me to go to school. I had my goal in mind. I was going to become a teacher. I wanted to become a national champ in wrestling. Never became a national champ. But I became a teacher, got my degree. Um, I subbed for a while, did some attorney leave positions, and I was a full-time replacement making actual teacher pay while I was um, subbing out. But the goal of using my money that I got from these refund checks from the government that I still had to pay back, that was like me investing in myself. I took that loan out to invest in college. I didn't take that money to go party. I used that money to fuel my car to go to the gym, which was about a 45 to 55 minute drive back and forth. And sometimes I would go twice a day. You know, so I was committed to something that I never knew what it would turn into. And sometimes you never know where you're going. Well, people might not know where you're going. So let me rephrase. Sometimes the people might not know where you're going, but you know where you're headed. And that's why you got to make sure you believe in yourself, trust the process, and be honest. If you're doing honest and real work and you actually have some type of plan and a formula, you have more opportunity for success. Some people are just doing stuff and hoping that everything they throw at the wall, something sticks. You know, I'm throwing stuff at the wall, but I'm throwing a particular thing at the wall and hoping that it sticks multiple times because eventually it will stick and that's what happened. So I, I want you guys to understand that it's never too late to start something for yourself because at the end of the day, it's for you. If you want a better moment, like you can always make the excuse of, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that. How can you get that? What? How can you reshape your mind to figuring out ways? Like I was a broke college kid, but I cut hair, I did wrestling privates, I took odd jobs working in lumber mills and all kinds of other crazy stuff. Um, I use my refund check money. And I'm not saying don't have fun. you got to have a life. There's got to be a balance. You can't just be all work, no play. you got to have some type of balance. But for me, it was more work than it was play. And it worked out. And now I go out to all these, these events and, and places and it's like, man, I can't believe I'm living my dreams. And I had no idea it would be like this, like at all. 
I had no real expectations other than I just wanted to get to the UFC and try to become the next youngest world champion behind John Jones because we went to school with each other. And uh, I started training at his gym where he first started training at. And for someone that looked like me, was also from New York, also a wrestler, long and lanky, kind of oddly shaped, and people like kind of call you weird and goofy in terms of your style of wrestling. I thought that could have been me. Like my path was obviously a lot slower, but eventually staying the course and getting there. And it's not even about becoming a champion. It's about following a dream, following a goal. Like I made good money doing this, something I actually desire and wanted to do, like something I loved. And uh, I think when you have a passion like that, it's um, it, it's more rewarding when you actually see it through, you know? So the moral of the story, I'm just saying, especially if you have kids, if you might feel it's too late for you, okay, I can't make you change your mind. I can only tell you what worked for me, and that's what works for me. I tried my best. I gave it 100% effort. When I was in the gym, I was training two, three times a day. Remember, broke college kid, lived upstate New York in some random place in Ithaca, like right outside of Ithaca on in Manaya, Manaya Road or something like that, and they charged me like 375 a month. I had to pay for internet, and that's pretty much all I had so I could watch my YouTube videos and study stuff, write down notes, and I'll go to the gym and I would practice, man. So, guys, I, like I was legitimately obsessed in the beginning and always having the knowledge to want to the the urge to want to learn more. And I always express that like when people ask me, young aspiring fighters, what's a thing that you can give me a tip on? I'm like, man, just always be a student of the game because if you think you know it all, you're gonna you're gonna block your own blessings, man. So, continue to learn, try to grow, keep that curious mindset you know even now for me like there's still stuff I want to try because I, I just think it, once you stop growing it makes it easier for everyone to kind of catch up to your blueprint you got to keep evolving always keep evolving you know um, so more success more blessings to everyone out there who is watching I really do hope hope and believe that um, something will either come for you or in the shape of someone that you know so that you can do something with them and maybe that's the reward. Not everyone's meant to be the boss. Some people have to remember that. And that might sound harsh, but some people are meant to be the point guy behind the boss or the boss's right hand. That might be your position. You just never know. You got to figure out your lane and figure out what's best for you to give you the lifestyle that you want. Not what anybody else wants for you. What do you want for yourself? And, um, you know, I don't want to get too crazy and, and emotional into all this stuff, but this stuff... It, it, it's really inspiring for me because myself and Marab, I know how hard he worked as a construction worker. I know how hard I worked. Um, some of these overnight jobs, some of these these jobs in these weird hours and working in the stock room and, and doing all kinds of like, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I was still fighting in college, had my goal in mind, I had my dream, and then after college was over, still had to figure out like, how am I going to figure out a way to pivot and now chase this dream Okay, let's stay upstate. Like now I no longer have a dorm. I can stay here and still figure out a where somewhere to live that's close by the gym. And then I end up living at the gym. Like there's different things that you can do and things that you have to be willing to do. Like, yeah, I don't have a social life. Yeah, I don't have a place to take a girl back to. What do you want out of your life, bro? What do you want? You can't have it all that way if you want if you're trying to build something. It takes time, it takes sacrifice, and it takes diligent work and consistency. You have to be consistent, and only good things will happen. And once you're consistent, you will look back behind you and see how far you've come. So, again, for myself and Marab, I know the ups and downs that we've had, 
And it's, it's a blessing to see how far we've both came. And the fact that we're both here is just like, this is a unreal story. Like these are, these are like fictional, these are like fairy tales. Like these things don't happen that often, you know? So it makes me feel good inside. And that's all I can say about that. So shout out to everyone in Long Island. I hope you guys truly come out again to support me. Um, New Jersey, I know I got a ton of fans over there. Thank you guys for always rocking with me, always fighting on the East Coast, fighting in Atlantic City, at the Brigada, at the Tropicana that one time for Ring of Combat. Um, big fight state. So I hope everybody comes out in full force. It's going to be an, a great night. It's not very often we get a Long Island guy, East Northeast Northeastern guy, Defending the belt. Uh, the last time we had that was Chris Weidman. And, dude, I'm just excited to come back to the East Coast and defending a belt. Like, like Weidman was the champ. Like, obviously, you know, he fought in, uh, he fought Anson Silva. I forgot exactly where it was. But either way, it's just going to be phenomenal, man. So I, I, hope it's, I hope to see a lot of friends and familiar faces. I know everyone looks different, especially people I haven't talked to in almost 15-plus years. Uh but I still got love for everybody, man. You know, the hood is the hood, and I know where I came up from. I know my roots, and I'm a proud Uniondale kid. Um, coming up from Roosevelt, moving to Uniondale, parents doing all the same old stuff that a lot of other parents have to do to get by for the most part. Um, been around the same gang life everyone else was around, graduating in 07. Um, but, I, you know, I saw more for myself, and I just, <sighs> I'm just very grateful. Very, very grateful. So I hope to see you guys soon. Um, make sure you guys pull up heavy because we about to blow the roof off that shit, man. This shit about to be crazy. I'm telling you guys, I feel like I feel like I could finish Henry in the second round. Um, first round might be a little tough. I, I know he's going to have some solid takedown defense, but I truly do think I could get him down, backpack him. And it's not just to backpack him. I think he's going to be dumb enough to try to advance the position, which will allow me to get to a dominant position. And once I get to that dominant position, guys, I don't care how big, small you are. It is a long night to be under me in a mounted position, a mounted triangle position, or if I have the back with the triangle position. So Henry, <laughs> triple turd, if you're listening, which I know you are, it's going to be a tough night for you, a long night or a tough night, whichever one you want it to be. It could be a long 25 minutes or it could be a quick one and a tough one, and I'm going to get you out there in the second round. I truly do believe that, so make sure you are ready because it's going to be a bomb burn, and I'm going to bring everything I got. And you've seen what the machine could do. So you want to talk about not getting you down that threshold? Let's see what your threshold looks like having to defend those takedowns because we all know from a wrestler to a wrestler, Having to defend takedowns is very exhausting. So I can't wait to see what that gas tank looked like, my boy. And it's going to be a good one. See you there, May 6th. Cinco de Mayo, I'm making you my bitch. And on that note, guys, I'll see you guys later. Stay blessed. Uh, thanks for tuning in. <sighs> I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I can't wait. I trained this morning, eight rounds. Tomorrow morning, I got an 8 a.m. session. Guys, we're rocking and rolling, getting my weight down. Life is good. Excited. Win or learn, that's what we do around here, you know? So go out there and do what we do best, put our best foot forward, hope for the best, and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, and I truly believe the hard work will pay off, and you got to believe that in yourself as well. Thank you guys. Stay tuned. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. I'll see you guys later. Peace.